0: Again, uh, it's so good just to worship and hear God's people singing praises to God for who He is and for what He has done. Uh, this morning if you have your Bibles or you can use one of our Pew Bibles or the scripture will be up on the screen, I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 9. Uh, I know some of you are probably already in the Gospel of John, uh, but we'll be, we're gonna take a couple of weeks off, uh, from our, our our series Come and See. Uh, we've been uh walking through John's gospel uh looking at how uh Jesus uh is working and how there's this invitation for everyone to come and see who he is and what he is doing and by coming and seeing we believe and by believing we have eternal life. We'll pick that back up uh in chapter 4 uh in a couple of weeks and uh, now, I mean I thought about talking about the woman at the well today uh on Mother's Day. Uh, but the Lord in my prayer time led me a different direction. There were some gentlemen this morning who thought I should uh, go to Ephesians and talk about wives be submissive to your husbands. Uh, ladies, if you would like to know which men, so you can take care of that later. <laughs> they know. Uh, see, I think what they lose sight of in that passage is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And last time I checked, Christ died for the church. So uh, I have to remind the men of the second part of that verse from time to time. Uh, but I, I, I studied this week and was praying through it this week. And I do want to uh, share with you today about a Christ-centered woman. Uh, in Acts chapter 9, we get a glimpse, just a few verses of a Christ-centered woman named Dorcas. Uh, great, one of the greatest names in the Bible, too, by the way. Uh, her, her name is Tibetha or Dorcas is in the Greek. Uh, but I wanted to, so we'll be in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. But I want you to think this morning of a a, a woman in your life who was Christ-centered. If, I mean, I, I say that phrase, a Christ-centered woman, who comes to mind? For me, it's my grandmother. For sure who I would help uh, prepare the Lord's Supper as she would take little she would either make the bread or we would go to the food line and get loaves of bread and she had a thimble and we would just cut those little uh, real bread by the way the good stuff the good stuff uh, and she prayed while she did that she prayed a, a Christ-centered woman I think of another lady who was very uh, influential in many many lives of children at the church I grew up at her name was Miss Susie uh, and what stands out the most is every Christmas, she made ornaments for every kid in the church. Just little cloth ornaments with some, uh, I think the phrase today is bedazzled. You know, she would bedazzle them a little bit. Uh, very simple, but she would stand there, 95 year old, and handing out, uh, these ornaments that she put so much love in, so much care. She was a Christ-centered woman. Uh, Our mothers can be Christ-centered women. My wife, she lives with me. I promise you she's a Christ-centered woman. It's about the only thing that keeps her centered is Jesus. When you put up with me and my son, right? What's funny is he just yawned. (laughs) Christ centered women. In our text today, we're introduced to a woman named Dorcas uh, in the personal it's in the context of the personal ministry of a guy named Simon Peter, uh, a disciple of Jesus. Uh, in this brief description of her life, her death, and her resurrection, we see a woman living for Christ. To set it up for you, uh, Luke, is, who is the author of Acts, has been focusing on Peter's public ministry in various cities. Peter was a guy who was always on the move, but now in this text we get a picture of a very one-on-one personal ministry of Peter. Uh, as he is called to the bedside of a well-respected woman, a follower of Jesus who has passed away. And so if you'll join me now in Acts chapter 9 starting in verse 36. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, Tabatha, which is translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. In that time she became sick and died. After washing her they placed her in a room upstairs. And since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him, Do not delay in coming with us. So Peter got up and went with them. He arrived. They led him to the room upstairs. And all the widows approached him, weeping, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, turning toward the body and said, "Tabitha, get up." She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand, helped her up, helped her stand up. He called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. It's a very short passage. It's a a powerful passage. uh, And I could probably preach four or five different sermons on the passage. But I do want us to focus on Dorcas as the example of a Christ-centered woman this morning. And the first thing I want you to see is a Christ-centered woman finds her purpose in Jesus. A Christ-centered woman finds her purpose in Jesus. I think most people today, and you're sitting there and I think you would agree, you want to know what your purpose is in life. Uh, you may have at some point you're asked, what's the meaning in life? Uh, I know in college I used to sit around with all these different folks or different buddies and we would say, why are we here? Anybody ever asked that question? I mean, why are we here? What's the point of all this? Because on the surface of it, uh, and I've heard this joke or I've seen this recently, on the surface of it, it's, it's like we're born, we live and we work really hard while we're alive, and then we die. What's the meaning of it? And the meaning is not found in what our job is. The meaning is really not even found in whether or not we're a parent. The meaning isn't found in the things of this world. The meaning and the purpose of life is found in Jesus. Dorcas was a disciple. She was a follower of the Messiah. We've talked a lot about that, but essentially what that means is she is closely trying to live her life The way that Jesus showed them and taught them how to live their life. She is loving people like Jesus loved her. Her whole life is surrounded and centered upon fulfilling what God has in store for her. She is a disciple finding her purpose in Jesus. She is completely and fully devoted in all that she does. Now I love this about her name. Cause we think about what is she doing and all these things that she's doing in her purpose in life, the name means gazelle. It's a, you know, like the little gazelle that hops around and frolics and, and runs around from place to place. And when I read the text, I see Dorcas as one of those ladies who just hops around doing ministry because that's her purpose in life. She joyfully bounces to this widow's house to serve her and then to this maybe orphan's house or maybe to this house of a sick person. Her entire life is purposed in finding ways to serve the Lord and to be a part and centered around His work. And that's the second thing we see, is a God-centered woman is always available to do God's work. She is always doing God's work. She's not necessarily thinking about it although she puts together a good plan uh, she doesn't take six months to formulate a committee that divides into subcommittees that goes into other subcommittees she sees a need she gets to work why? because she loves the people because God loves the people a Christ centered woman has a, a, a Christ has her purpose in Christ and she is also available to do God's work there was a A lady at our last church who I think modeled this. Uh, Lots of ladies in this church probably model it too. And there were probably other ladies there, but her name was Irene. Uh, And Irene passed back in August. Uh, She was always available to do God's work. She was active in the Gideons. She was active in the prison ministry. She often... Uh she would come up to me on Sundays and goes, Where you know where I went this week, Trent? I said, No, where'd you go? I, said, I went to prison. <laughs> uh and then she would tell a story about how she ministered to those ladies in prison. Uh she was always available. You, you could call her, and no matter what she was doing, she'd say, I got it. Now she's a little bit crazy, don't get me wrong. But she was always available. She loved Jennifer, she loved me, she poured into us, she was available to talk to us. Uh, and so when she was in the hospital uh, years ago um, I remember going to see her and she goes you showed up I said well, who would you think would show up <laughs> you know, she was always available for me so I was there for her and I remember telling her and this was several years ago I looked at her and said it's going to be okay and she was going to lose her leg and we didn't really know if she was going to make it or not I said it's going to be okay and it was And probably a few months before she died, she said, you know, I remember you telling me it was going to be okay. And she goes, how did you know that? I said, well, Irene, I knew God wasn't done with you yet. And that you still had to be available for other people to do other things. That's an example of a Christ-centered woman who's available to do the work that she has been called to do. Another thing that we see A third thing is a Christ-centered woman will be a witness for Christ. So her purpose is in Christ, she's available to do the work of Christ, and now a Christ-centered woman will be a witness for Christ. Crowds gathered to mourn her passing. They they summoned Peter with urgency because this life that had, uh, her life had passed, had left a Huge hole in the church, and they wanted her back because she was a strong witness. And so, what's so amazing after, the, after this? She, she's brought back from the dead. Now she doesn't. She doesn't stay alive. She's not Jesus. So she does eventually. Dorcas sitting still wandering around the Middle East today. But she was a witness. As strong as a witness as she was before this, can you imagine how strong of a witness she was after this? Walking around Joppa being like, hey, I thought you died. I did. <laughs> what? what? Can, can you see the reaction? She goes, Jesus brought me back. Jesus did it. You know, We often, I think, wonder why these signs and miracles don't, take place today, and I think signs and miracles still do take place today, just in different ways and different forms. But you have to understand, this was a different time. The gospel was new. It was fresh. It was miracles and signs like this that really gave validity to who Jesus was in this time. And so you have a, a woman who's walking around who's always been a witness for Christ, who's always made clothes as we see, for uh, the poor and the downtrodden who's always taken time to mentor the younger ladies as we kind of read into this a little bit. And now she's walking around saying, i got to tell you a story. I was dead and now I'm alive because of Jesus. She boldly and courageously told her story. Those who were there boldly and courageously told her story. A Christ-centered woman will tell the story of Jesus To everyone she meets. And by the way, so will a Christ-centered man. To the husbands who have fallen asleep because this is a Mother's Day sermon. Just understand, this applies to you too. Okay? This applies to you too. A Christ-centered woman will be a witness for Jesus. I have served on mission teams and mission fields around the world. And I have seen women missionaries who will absolutely do anything to spread the gospel. I have seen the wives of missionaries go into places that I'm scared to go to, okay? And, and they will just take the gospel into those hard-hit streets, not fearing or caring for themselves, but only wanting to proclaim Jesus. And then the last thing uh, that we see here is a Christ-centered woman finds her hope in the resurrection of Jesus. That is where all hope is found. In her death, even if she would not have been brought back to life, she would have still had an eternal hope of spending eternity with Jesus. At the very core of Christianity is the idea of resurrection. Because of Jesus' resurrection... We have that hope that one day we too will experience resurrection. That when we die, our souls will go to be with the Lord, but one day the Lord will call us home or will come back and call us and we will be resurrected with Him. And we will spend eternity with Him. That is the hope of the Christian life. That this world and the life we live is not the end and honestly, death is not the end, but it is just the beginning. A Christ-centered woman finds her hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've had several funerals since I've been here of some fine, fine Christian women. And I won't remember them all, so if I forget one, I apologize. But I remember you. We have Nancy Scarborough, who was a prayer warrior for this church. Denise Brown, a godly woman. And then Ruby who just this past week, godly Christian women who put their hope in the resurrection of Jesus. And they are dancing on the streets of gold because of their faith. Because of their faith. Christian women find their purpose in Jesus, are are witness for Jesus, are available to do the work of God, and they find their hope in the resurrection. There are many women in the church who are gifted, gifted, and God has called you to ministry. In fact, I will say this. There are some men in our churches who could take a lesson from the women in our churches, right? There are women in our churches who work tirelessly, never receive any credit, and you know who you are, and so I thank you for your work. But maybe you're not, maybe you're a young woman who's still trying to find your way and and trying to, to learn your way through Christianity. My challenge to you is be available to do the work and be faithful to what Jesus has called you to do. Because women are a gift from God and are gifted by God to do godly ministry, just like Dorcas. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the life of Dorcas. We thank you so much for this text of scripture. It's just a few verses, but her life is is presented before us as a faithful servant to you and to the people around her. Father, I pray that Uh, There would be more women in our churches who would stand to follow her example. And I pray that there would be more men to stand and follow these characteristics. That we would all just be Christ-centered individuals as we strive to be a Christ-centered church. And Father, again, help us to each day evaluate our life. Asking the question, are we living for you? Are we living for you? Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.